This is episode number 656, Understanding Human Psychology. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you into something else is the greatest accomplishment. Ralph Waldo Emerson. I am pumped because every single week we bring you insights from the greatest minds in the world, from the greatest teachers, from the greatest human beings to help you discover what it is you were born to do on this earth how to overcome the greatest challenges in your life, and how to accelerate your growth to achieve your dreams faster than you could ever imagine. And this episode is a mashup of some of the best wisdom I've heard on understanding your own personality and core strengths so that you can do the work that suits you best, so that you can live the life that serves you and humanity the best. We've got clips today from the great psychologist, Scott Barry Kaufman. Yes, he is a master. We've got it from Chris Lee, transformational coach of 30 plus years. From John Danner and Chris Keeney and the incredible Gretchen Rubin. We've got these masters in here who are going to share some wisdom, some nuggets, and talk about how to really understand human psychology to optimize connection, understanding yourself why we do the things we do, and how you can improve your own life in this process. This is a powerful one, guys. Some of you haven't heard these golden nuggets before, so I wanted to make sure we bring them to the forefront so you can hear them. If you enjoy this, make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 656. This will be a powerful one for you to truly understand human psychology. And I want to give a big thank you and shout out to the fan of the week, This is from Matt Holliday, who said, this is a podcast for all people, all ages, colors, all genders, rich or poor, this podcast is for you. I have to say this podcast is especially for people who are in a growth period in their lives and are looking for that extra thing that is going to take that growth to the max. There is always at least one quote in every episode that just gives me the chills and allows me to look at my life a little bit differently. This causes me to grow little by little each episode. Tune in if you are a human that is wanting to make some positive changes in your life and the lives around you. So Matt Holliday, thank you for that warm review. I appreciate it. And you are the fan of the week, my friend. If you guys have not left a review yet, we've got over 3,000 plus five-star reviews. You can just open up your podcast app and leave a review right there. We love that very much. And get your chance to be shouted out as the fan of the week. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. 
the I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. All right, guys, I'm excited to dive into this one again. Powerful episode all about understanding human psychology. Let me know what you think about this. Take a screenshot right now and tag me on your Instagram story, lewishouse.com slash 656 to let your friends know. Without further ado, let's dive into understanding human psychology. asking that what is the key is the best way to develop greatness. I think the best way is to recognize there are multiple paths to greatness. Mm. And that's kind of one of the big points I wanted to make in that book is that every person kind of needs to find out for themselves what their unique value is in this world and what unique package of personal characteristics, including their motivations, their, their, um, their, their cognitive abilities, like, are, they, are you a very verbal person? Are you not? Are you a visual spatial person? Like, and figuring out and what kind of environments and niches would be best for you. But what, I, what I've discovered in looking at people who really reach those highest levels, they didn't necessarily have all those stereotypical markers that we use to predict potential when you're young. In, this includes people I studied. I wrote this article recently about what predicts MBA su- success, for instance. And people would be surprised to know that like so many of the things that talent scouts go through and do are just not predicting greatness whatsoever within hmm. um, within those sports domains. The researchers looked at this, you know, the NBA combined, you know how they do this, uh, they have all these prospective NBA players like test for their agility, test for their height, you know, their general combine, athletic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the combine. So it finds out that's completely non-predictive right. of them. It's, it's like a really worthless thing. It shows their athleticism, but it doesn't show their teamwork, their leadership, their emotional intelligence, their ability uh, to bounce yeah. back, all those things, right? Exactly. Mental toughness, all the things that really are um, the most important things for differentiating those at the very top versus um, those that aren't. Yeah, that's right. 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 Well, you know, everyone talks about, at least when I was growing up in school, everyone was talking about IQ and can you talk about what is IQ, just so people that don't know, what does it stand for? What's its purpose? And is it even effective? Because it kind of sounds a little bit about what you just talked about. Yeah. So if we could fast forward like 50, uh, 10 years from now and have this conversation, I would say IQ stands for imagination quotient, because that's what I'm working towards in my own. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's like what the Imagination Institute is trying to do is come up with a, a whole new test. But we live right now, 2014, the IQ, everyone knows intelligence quotient. It's supposed to be this measure of your general cognitive ability. Think of it just like you go 
and you do the physical fitness tests, you know, you have to like run with the eraser back and forth, or you have to do like chin press up, or they or run 500 meters, et cetera, et cetera. And you can take an average of all those physical fitness tests that most of us had to take in high school. Mm-hmm. And I bet you kicked ass on that, right? I do pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you did do that, that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, the physical fitness. And you get like a rough idea of someone's general physical fitness. Right. By the way, I went to high school with Kobe Bryant. And I did better with him, better than him on the um, the eraser one. I got the like the the all I won the like thing for this. So that's like my one thing. Like. <laughs> one thing, yeah. <laughs> no, well, within that sports domain, he <laughs> 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 kicks my ass and everything else. Um, but anyway, yeah. So you get like this general rough index, of, and so the same kind of logic is used with IQ tests: is that we make people like maybe like what's your vocabulary? What's your you know mentally rotate objects in your mind? Put these blocks together, or what's pattern comes next? And then you just take. The average and that's supposed to index your general intellectual functioning but as you know with general physical fitness as well is that some of the greatest athletes have a lot of they've developed very very specific adaptations to that specific sport that make them stand out it's not the general fitness that necessarily matters the most but um, that specific skill set and expertise that you've mastered sure so do you think it's effective then or is it pretty much worthless I don't. So I'm not anti. I'm not like trying to say they're worthless. Right. But I think the way that they are used in the school system yeah. um, to to hinder opportunity, we are effectively um, letting way too many students fall between the cracks. Mm. You know, for instance, then I can give you so many examples. So you look at learning disabilities, kids with dyslexia, um, schizophrenia, behavioral disorders, et cetera. There's so many multitude of reasons that could cause someone to do poorly in a little testing session with like a psychologist, we have to focus and a psychologist saying, what's the one correct answer? You know, and all these conditions that are so anxiety provoking, there's so many reasons why you could score low in this kind of environment. And then the, the school concludes, oh, well, this student is not doing well in school because of their low intelligence. What I've been trying to challenge, I'm not trying to say that those tests are useless or they're not important information, but I'm actually trying to, I, I would really like to change, like, what is the first thing? that we think of when a student is well achieving. And it's not, let's pull out the IQ battery and see if they're stupid, if that explains it. Right. Instead, I want to look at so many other factors first, like engagement, uh, effort, um, environmental support, uh, family background. Like, what are these students' priorities? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, is the student living in an environment where everyone's getting killed all around them? You know, like, that seems, surviving seems to be more important than doing well on an IQ test, right. you know, for that person. There's just so many, like, just people, I think educators, lots of them just have such a misguided view of how we realize potential and what those tests actually are measuring. And ideally, a leader has access to all four personality types. Right. So if I have, if I know that my audience is one personality type mostly, that I get to speak in a way that they understand sure. and then bring them the message yep. because everybody listens in a different way. Yeah. And it just allows me to be more effective. Okay. Cool. So let's uh, let's go into it. What are the four personality types? Okay. So let's let's talk let's talk one by one okay, because cool. each one is complex. So the first personality style. And by the way, you may as you listen to this, you may feel that you fit into one. It's possible you fit into two. It's possible that you have you know a little more of one than the other, a little less of the other than this one, and also it's it could also be depending on the circumstance. Mm-hmm. For example, I could be a personality type in bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or I could be a personality type at work. Sure. 
or I could be a different personality type socially. So, but there's generally a home base. Right. Okay. So the first personality type I want to talk about is the controller. What's the controller? The controller is the person that always wants to be right. Mm. The controller is the person that likes to be in control of himself. So he's in control, but he wants to be in control of everyone around him. Mm. So can you give me some examples of that? Yeah, it's somebody that uh, likes to be the source of all the ideas. So even if it's your idea, they thought of it. Really? (laughs) (laughs) A controller is somebody that is, they're usually a leader. They're very powerful. Mm -hmm. They're powerful with their conviction. They got a lot of confidence and they think they could get it done better than anybody else. Mm. So a controller... The gift of a controller is that they make things happen. These are the movers, the shakers, the people that do whatever it takes. And the gift of the controller is that a controller is confident, a controller is a leader, they take initiative. Make decisions. They make decisions. They're all about the result. Yeah. Now, goal-oriented. Completely goal-oriented, results-oriented. Right. So the downside of a controller is that they appear insensitive, they appear mean, they don't listen, they like to be right, therefore everyone around them is wrong. wrong. (laughs) Ring a bell, people. (laughs) So it's that boss that won't listen to feedback, won't listen to ideas. Can't take criticism. Doesn't take criticism. It's that person that likes to be right. Yeah. And they don't listen. As a matter of fact, before, they'll they'll ask a question, but they'll answer it. Mm. So that's the person that is inflexible. Mm. So if they have a plan to go to dinner and they want to go to Chinese food, that's it. It's Chinese food, period. You want to go with them, it's got to be Chinese. If you say it's, you know, I want to eat Thai food, forget it. You're eating alone. (laughs) (laughs) And a controller is, the good news about a controller is that they make things happen they're powerful, they take initiative, and they usually have results. Sure. The downside is the biggest cost or the biggest price is relationships. Mm. Because who wants to be around somebody who doesn't listen and who's always right? And so if you're a controller and if you identify with that, well, obviously you need to work on your social skills, your relationship skills, your listening skills, et cetera, et cetera. And as I describe some of the other personality types, you'll know what you'll need to work on as well. So if you have a controller and you're addressing a controller in terms of managing them or you want to convince them to do something, you need to speak their language. So if someone's always right, say you're trying to sell me something or you're trying to get me to do something that maybe I'm not convinced on doing or buying yet and you want to speak my language, say I'm the controller, and I like it my way, a certain way, like I have something in my mind that it's got to be that way, how would you speak to me to convert me into buying or you know, coming along a trip? Or, or investing in your investing, company. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so first of all, i got to be confident. If I show up wishy-washy mm-hmm. or wimpy or unsure, it's over. Then it's not, he's not going to trust you. He or she's no, not going to trust you. No, yeah. because you know, he's going to look at you like you're full of it. And he knows more than you, and he's right. He always knows more than you. So you got to be confident. You got to be clear. You got to show up dressed in a formal way because controllers are formal. Mm. They're formal in their dress and they're dominant. Wow. So they're dominant and they're formal. 
So you got to show up formal and you got to show up in a not necessarily over domineering, but you got to show up that you're powerful too. So you got to match their energy. So mirroring them. Yeah, you got to match their energy. Yeah. And to convince a controller, you got to make everything their idea. Mm. So you got to turn the thing into, well, you know, you need to agree with them. And as you're agreeing, you're, you're right. inputting, <laughs> you're inputting whatever it is you want them to sure. do. Like once you have their trust, once you have their attention, then you could convey your message. It's almost stroke their ego in a sense. Stroke their ego, but without being stroking it, but you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you need you need to connect with them at their level. Yeah. You know, powerful people like to be around powerful people. Right. And they they're not gonna put money into someone that shows up wimpy. Right. Or not sure or unclear. Right. So a controller is someone who's dominant and, and somebody who is formal. So you gotta present them in a dominant and formal way. Mm. The complete opposite of a controller is the person who's a supporter. And a supporter is somebody who they're not so concerned about the result. They're more concerned about the feelings. Mm. And so they're about feelings. They're about love and acknowledgement and self-worth and respect. And the supporter, the positive thing about a supporter is that they're loving and they're caring. They're the nurturers. They're the caretakers. They're the people that will give the shirt off their back for other people. They put other people first. They're always focusing on your needs. Giving, giving, giving. Givers, total givers. The downside of a supporter is that they show up like a doormat. Mm. People take advantage of them. People walk all over them. They don't stand up for themselves. They don't stand up for themselves. Their voice doesn't count. Mm. And so if you have somebody in your life that's a supporter and you try to dominate them, then they're just going to shrink. Wow. They're going to go into their into their cave and they're not going to come out. Right. They're going to shut down. Right. They're going to feel abused by you. Jeez. And so if you're in, if you're a controller and you're in a relationship with a supporter, you got to access love and care and stroke their heart. In Connection other words, and, yeah. they they respond to acknowledgement, they respond to love, they respond to great job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. That you will inspire a supporter that way and they'll be loyal for life. Mm. So if you're a supporter, you got to work on your voice and your courage and your self-confidence and you got to step up. Yeah. And if you're a supporter that needs to motivate a controller, then you got to own your power. You got to show up confident. Mm. You got to speak up. You can't, you know, you can't if you're a supporter, you can't one of the things that I talked about is how we put ourselves in a box yeah. and we say, well, that's just kind of how I am. And so the, the idea of these quadrants is not to put yourself in a box. The idea of these quadrants is to identify where you are and to shift. And we, we have the ability to shift. What does shift mean? It means moving from one space to the other. Yeah. And if you learn these quadrants, and you learn to navigate through these quadrants, you could access the positive gifts of each quadrant, therefore right. becoming successful. Right. And the greatest leaders probably have access to, they're probably a little bit of it. They probably have one or two dominant, but then they can always access the other two at any time. Absolutely. I mean, I'll talk about me, you know, where I operated sure. from before and, and because of this work, what I do now. Right. So being a supporter, that they're feeling oriented. The questions that supporters ask is, 
why, you know, <laughs> and you know why is this happening, and mm. you know, and they're easygoing, they're informal, so their their way of casual. being is casual, easygoing, informal. They they go with the flow. So if the controller goes, we're eating Chinese, if the supporter hates Chinese food, oh, I'll find something I like. It doesn't right. matter. <laughs> Very flexible. <laughs> Super flexible. <laughs> you know, a supporter, the gift of the supporters, they're the heart yeah. of every organization. And they're the, like the best customer support. Totally supportive. They're great, encouraging teams and they're peacemakers. They're yeah. always they avoid conflict. Yeah. Controllers love conflict. <laughs> They're like, let's confront this now. Let's see who's right. Right. <laughs> and so a supporter needs to you know, shift their way of being. So that's the second quadrant, I would say, in okay. terms of- so We've got the controller, supporter. You have the controller and you have the supporter. Which and are then, opposites. Yeah, they're opposites. One is uh, results-oriented. The other is feelings-oriented. Okay. One is about, okay, what are we creating? And then the supporter is uh, why, which is a non-confrontational question. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and a non-produce, non-results producing question. Right. They're like, why is this happening? <laughs> okay. So then we go to the other two quadrants, and the other quadrant is the promoter. And the promoter is the passionate life of the party. Mm-hmm. They're outrageous. You know, they're all about relationships. You know, if you invite them to the party, they're not going to ask why are you inviting me or what's going to happen. They want to know who's there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> who's at the party? <laughs> and if I like them, I'm there. Sure. And if it's fun, I'm in. Yeah. So uh, promoters are all about being the center of attention. They want to shine and shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> you know, you know, they they want people to remember their name. Yeah. And you know, the 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 gift of the promoter is that the a promoter is outrageous and passionate and energetic and talkative. You can imagine what quadrant I fall into. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know being outrageous and passionate yeah. and communicative, expressive. And and, I love yeah. being in relationships. Yeah. I like doing things with groups of people, and that's my home base. Like speaking in front of audiences, I love it. You could put me you thrive in front of off of two thousand people, and I'm feeling it. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, somebody who's the opposite quadrant, you put them in front of two thousand people, and they, they freeze. Freak out. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, a promoter is relationship driven. Mm-hmm. A promoter is all about fun and energy, and that's the gift of a promoter. And so, if you want to inspire a promoter, you can't be boring or cold or it's got to be exciting. You know, it's got to be interesting. Too soft. You got to show up exciting. If you're going to sell your idea to a promoter, or you want a promoter to invest his money, his millions of dollars in your business. You got to make it exciting. Got to make it passionate. This is the next big thing. This yeah, is, yeah, this is it. This is it. Yeah, and uh, you know you can't control him, and you can't just be wimpy with him either, because a, a promoter is actually dominant with their energy. Mm-hmm. They're very dominant. They're like you know they love their ideas, and at the same time they're easygoing. So they're so, casual in terms of their approach at life. They're pretty casual. You could see them in a suit. You could see them in, in flip flops. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of 
directors that way. You right. know, and you've seen these directors, <laughs> Hollywood directors that make millions of dollars and they look homeless. Right. <laughs> you know, they're promoters. They're yeah. like full of energy. Yeah. And so a promoter has a lot of energy and the gift of the promoter is the communication, the ability to communicate, their ability to express, their ability to make people feel good. Mm-hmm. The downside is that they have so many ideas, they don't finish any. The lack of focus maybe or the... They, they suffer from ADDDDHD <laughs> yeah. permanently. Right. <laughs> like when the next shiny object comes up, they're gone. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. All of the promoters are like, that's me. <laughs> and of course, me is one of their favorite words, you know? <laughs> so, a promoter, you know, if you want to inspire a promoter, you got to be passionate. You got to show up alive. You got to show up with, with energy. Yeah. And if you want to coach a promoter, you got to coach them on how to create specific goals and stick to them. Mm. Because one of the downsides of promoters is that they break their word. They're so, they're, they say yes so they to everything. everything. So they have to break somewhere. Yeah. They probably and feel overwhelmed at some point. Ex- t- completely overwhelmed. Like, and, I just agreed to everything and I right, time. And people get mad at them. Yeah. And they also show up, since they're so energetic and passionate, they also can show up inauthentic. Mm. They can show up like phony, like actors, actresses. There are a lot of people in acting that are promoters. Right. You know, great energy, you know, and but little follow through. Yeah. And of course, the opposite of the promoter is the analyzer. The analyzer is somebody who is formal in their way of being, like very strict they're and dressed. structured, right? You know, but they're easygoing in the sense of that they don't really push through their ideas. Hmm. So they could be, they could ponder on something for a long time <laughs> before they make a decision. Absolutely. So buying a home could take five years. Exactly. Looking at a hundred homes and analyzing every square footage. Like they'll take a contract and they will dissect it, decipher it. They'll talk to ten lawyers and then they'll sign. Right. So an analyzer, the gift of the analyzer is detail, structure, organization. Notice this what promoters don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're detailed, structured, organized. Analyzers are their word. So if they say they're going to do something, take it to the bank. Right. But before they give their word, they're gonna think they about need it to think about it forever. <laughs> A promoter gives their word and thinks later. Right. And says sorry later. They can't and goes, oh, I ble- sorry, I, I thought I, I could make it. <laughs> so an analyzer, what's great about an analyzer is they're great with numbers, they're great with computers, they're great with structure, organization, yeah. detail-oriented. The downside of the analyzer They can probably is, run a company well. They can run the structure absolutely. of it, have the spreadsheets. Oh, my sure. God, down to a T. Yeah. And then the downside is they lack passion, they lack spontaneity. Sometimes you have to put a, you know, a mirror underneath their nose to see if they're breathing because yeah. a lot of times they show up dead. Right. There's just no expression. No life. It's like from the neck down, not connected. Wow. I'm talking about severe case, obviously. Sure. So the gift of the analyzer, of course, is that they are disciplined, they're organized, they're structured, they could set up systems and they could you know, decipher problems and problem solving. The downside is by the time they get to it, Someone else thought of it mm. and did it, right? So if you have so if you have an analyzing client, you need to make sure you got the information because not having your information clear is like being caught with your the pants facts. down. Yeah, it's like uh, 
got busted. So you got to have the facts, the details. If you're selling an analyzer or a car, you got to have every single detail about that car. You got to know your your product. You got to know what you're communicating. Same thing if you have, you know, an employee that's an analyzer, you got to explain them all the details so that he can finally feel confident. And obviously coach him on being passionate and coach him on being spontaneous. Right. So so to, yeah. give an, so to give an example of that, let's say you're selling a car. If you're selling it to a promoter, you would say like, "This is the fastest car on the road, and you're gonna have the best time. You're gonna, you know, it's gonna be the talk of the town. The way it looks, you're gonna look you're good gonna look amazing. in it. You're gonna, you're gonna look amazing you're gonna in it. Everyone. Yeah, you're gonna people feel gonna, good. It's, people are gonna want to ride the car exciting. with you. Right. You're gonna feel confident. Right. You're gonna be a superstar. Right. And if you're selling to an analyzer, you're saying you're gonna get, you know, X amount of you know miles, miles per, per gallon, gallon. Yeah, right. and the warranty is amazing, <laughs> and the structure of it, and look, right. it's got lithium, and it's got this, and right. it's got. Unbelievable Six lights and steel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the air conditioner has all these modules. Right. And, you know, they want to know all the details of the car uh-huh. and 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 how they're how how much money they're gonna put down and how much they're gonna save and how being with you they're saving money and sure. all the details. And if it's a supporter, and if it's a supporter, it's very safe for your family. You're gonna be safe and you're gonna be able to carry your entire family with you in this minivan because they all have minivans right because they want everybody in it lots of space yeah lots of space the groceries the dog yeah yeah you're gonna be able to carry people's luggage and help people take people to the airport (laughs) carpool (laughs) exactly (laughs) so I mean yeah and and if it's a controller they gotta feel that how it that it's never gonna break down so you'll be able to get it's reliable you'll be able to get to work on time and you won't miss days of work efficient it's yeah. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included but you don't take yada yada in life so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide 
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Self-knowledge. I mean, I really think when people know about the four tendencies, they really do. Um, in my vanity, I have to believe that they really do see themselves differently and more clearly. And then they understand other people better, too. And they can see how to set up situations in a way that just allows everybody to, to thrive. Mm -hmm. Allows them to thrive, but it also give you like peace of mind and clarity? Yeah. Or what is it? What's the main thing it does for you? Well, part of well, it's peace of mind, but it's and it's also compassion. It's like I understand, mm. like I like you're struggling with something that's easy for me instead of feeling disdain for you or like being puzzled or frustrated that you're not following through in a way that would make sense to me. I think, oh, well, somebody else just needs things to be set up in a different way. So let's set up a th oh, set up the situation in a way that is going to allow you to thrive. Mm -hmm. The fact that I wouldn't need this to be set up this way doesn't really matter. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you need something different from what I need. So, okay, well, let's just figure that out. Yeah. And Christine was going over these, <laughs> these tendencies and she is the obliger. 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 Okay. Well, that's the biggest tendency. That's the one the most really? people fit into. So it makes sense. But she said she's like, when there's challenges or rules that other people give her, she like, lives up to it. But if yeah. she sets her own rules, she's like, eh, I can slide on these things. That's obliger. Right? Yep. She's like, that's, that's me. The, that is the definition of a blighter. And then what am I, Christine? I'm a rebel? Okay. If somebody asks or tells you to do something, you're very likely to resist. Yeah, I'm, I'm likely to resist. Unless I, it's like my idea. That's right. See, right? And rebels, my rebels can do anything they want to do. So should I go, through, my the, way. Should I go through the Let's framework? Yes. Okay. So it has to do with how people respond to expectations. Outer expectations like a work deadline or a request from a friend and or inner expectations. Your own desire to keep a New Year's resolution, your own desire to uh, start, but write a novel in, the, in your free time. So upholders readily meet outer and inner expectations. They meet the work deadline. They keep the New Year's resolution without much fuss. Upholders. Upholders. Anything that they set for themselves or anyone else asks them to do, yes. they do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like Why her, do they do that? Hermione Granger is like the most, right now is probably the most famous upholder in the world. Then questioners, questioners question all expectations. They'll do something if they think it makes sense. So they make everything an inner expectation. If it meets their standard, they will meet it no problem. If it fails their standard, they will resist. They hate anything arbitrary, inefficient, or unjustified. Whenever anybody uses the word arbitrary, it's like a big warning sign that mm. it's, a, it's a big signal that they're a questioner. Then obligers. So this is Christine Obliger. Yes. They readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. Like I had a friend who said, oh, well, when I was on a track team, I never missed track practice. So why can't I go running now? It's like, oh, well, when you had a team and a coach waiting for you, you had no trouble showing up. But when you're just trying to go running on your own, you struggle. Right. And then finally, rebels. Lewis, you're a rebel. So rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. They want to do what they want to do in their own way, in their own time. If you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. Typically, they don't even want to tell themselves what to do. Like 
like they might not say like, I'm not going to sign up for a 10 a.m. spin class on Saturday because I don't know what I'm going to feel like doing on Saturday. That's and so the, me. I don't like the, planning anything. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Spontaneity. Wait until the last minute, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I'll plan and commit. Yeah. No, um, a lot of um, spontaneity. <laughs> Again, like there's certain things that people say and you're like, mm, that's a tip off. Spo- uh-huh. When anybody's trying to talk about like it's important to be spontaneous, I'm like, I bet you're a rebel. So but someone the, who likes to schedule out a year in advance, who is that? Well, that could be upholders or questioners or obligers, though okay. it's very typical of upholders. But the thing about rebels, and I think you're a great example of this, Lewis, is they can do anything they want to do. They can do anything they choose to do. You and I are both friends with Chris Gillibo. Great, mm-hmm. a brilliant, great mm-hmm. guy. He's a rebel because once they make up their mind, they can do anything. But the fact that you're telling them to do something is not going to make them do it and might make them be like, you know what? You're not the boss of me. I'm not going to do that right now. Right. Or I'm not going to do it at all. Right. Because... It's almost reverse psychology. You tell me I can't do something, then I'm going to rebel against you and say, you know what, I'm going to show you. So, and that people can use that. So, for instance, let's say you have a rebel in your life and you want to encourage that person to quit smoking. You wouldn't say you have to quit. You wouldn't say you should quit. You shouldn't say the doctor says you have to quit. You shouldn't say you promised me you'd quit. You I shouldn't. bet you can't quit, though. Yeah. God, like you, you've been smoking 10 years. You're addicted, man. There's no way you can quit. There's no way you can get big tobacco's got you right where they want you. You're (laughs) pouring money into their pockets. Yep. Why even bother? Don't even try. You can't, don't even try. Keep smoking for the rest of your life. Yeah, keep smoking. Yeah. Yeah, big tobacco. You're the guy they're (laughs) depending on. Yeah, yeah, you're you're stuck. You can't quit. Yeah. Yeah. And then often they'll do something in their own way too. Like doing a typical cessation program, they're like, no, I'm going to just go hardcore and quit overnight or I'll have my own system Mm -hmm. for doing it. So that's that. Come up for the process for them that works. They want to do it their way. Yeah, yeah that's totally. So right. sometimes you could say, well, sometimes this works for some people or some people like this. And this, I've seen people have success with this. Mm-hmm. And maybe you want to think about this when you're thinking about what would work for you. But then it's just whatever you think, you know, whatever works for you. And, you know, I've seen you do amazing things in your time. If you make up your mind that you want to quit, I don't know, maybe you could quit. Yeah. Because I've seen you do some pretty powerful stuff when that's what you want. So mm-hmm. when you make up your mind... Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Are, they, are we born with these tendencies, or yes. are we? We I th- are. I think we're. I think they're inborn. I think they're part really? of our our personality. Or is yeah. it triggers of, of things that happen in our childhood? I that, don't like, think make so. Us start resisting and reacting, and then we become rebellious or whatever. Now, I really think that these are inborn. You're not one at twenty and one at forty. You're not one at work and one at home. They're really hardwired into your personality. Yep. What's fascinating about what we found in interviewing thousands of entrepreneurs is that there's not just one way to build a team. And so when we looked at uh, a whole series of factors that make up one's personality or what we call it your builder personality, what we discovered is that there are actually four types. You know, the press wants us to believe that you have to be like Steve Jobs Uh or Elon Musk. And in fact, that personality type exists. Right. But it's only one of four. This genius savant type of like. Well, it's that and it's hard driven. driving. Yeah, and, yeah. and the other key aspect of it is someone who, who focuses more on the product than the people or the problem or perhaps the mission. In fact, John will tell you a little bit about. So the driver is this. We like to say he's product or she's product fixated. But quite different from another type that we call like the, obsessed with the product. It's got to be their way. It's right. perfect. Exactly. That's right. right. And you we, hear the stories of uh, Steve Steve's Jobs, like yeah, punching people or throwing yeah. stuff in the fish tank <laughs> or whatever. It's like there's air bubbles in there or whatever, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But very different from the Explorer. John, I'll tell you a little. Yeah, bit the about Explorer the is is really the puzzle solver. The Explorer is drawn to the intricacy of some challenge. 
and almost uh, see the entrepreneurial activity as a way of commercializing this ingenious solution that they've come up with. They have a tendency to shift their curiosity because the next new puzzle may, may attract them before they've had an opportunity to fully scale Shiny the benefit. Syndrome. Yeah, exactly. It's a, hard a to keep them focused on one thing for a few years or even a few moments or, or, or to recognize the diversity of the talents that they need to surround themselves with so that so that the business can actually scale based yeah. on that initial solution as opposed to just being the million dollar idea guy. that's right no that's I right got this million dollar idea Let's yeah do it. that's the first another. one that's the driver million dollar idea it's all got about it. the idea that's not the explorer no, yeah, the, so the that's the explorer. explorer. That's the, the that's the systems. That's the systems analytic, the puzzle solver. Puzzle solver. The puzzle got solver. It, it, so it. the third one, the third one is what we call the crusader, uh, and the crusader is somebody who is fundamentally inspired by a long term vision. Sometimes not even a vision about the business per se. Uh, it you might become an entrepreneur by accident uh, almost. Um, if you think about uh, a couple of crusaders like Ben and Jerry's, mm. you know, is was, was Ben and Jerry's created to sell ice cream or was it created to sell social uh, change using ice cream and using the the social benefit and the and the quality of ingredients as a way of getting the message out to millions and millions of people. So those are the first three, and then the fourth one. Yeah, and the, the last one is the captain. And so, if the first one's about product, the second is about problem, the third is about mission. The captain is really most about people. Mm. Of course, they all have to worry about people, but just like when you played sports, the captain of the team could tap the inner productivity of the team, right? Could go to the guy who's not playing well and say the right things that get him or her to play better. So the captain taps that sense of, of uh, productivity in a way that the others don't. Right. So if you're not a, if you're a, um, driver, then you need a captain on your team. Such a great point. <laughs> right? Such a great you point. So you can't you In can't fact, do it on your own without having the captain. You are an amazing dude because you just went to the very last chapter where we talk about the fact that these four actually pair quite elegantly in terms of their ability uh -huh. to teach one another. The driver needs to learn from the captain and vice versa. Yes. The crusader from the explorer and vice versa. Can someone be uh, all of them or a mixture or is it kind well, of Well, it's like interesting. You know, let's let's use your you were a decathlete uh, yes. earlier in your career, right? So we, we suggest that basically at some point, yes, you have to know yourself. We pay homage to Socrates, of course. Uh -huh. But if we were going to amend that statement, it would really be apply yourself. Use the knowledge that you have and then put it into action. Oh, yes. There you have it, my friends. Understanding human psychology. LewisHouse.com slash 656. If you enjoyed this one, make sure to share with your friends. Tag me on your Instagram story and let me know what you think. This is all about how do we understand ourselves better? How do we understand the way we think, the way we feel, and optimize this process so we can optimize our lives? Again, a big thank you to our sponsors. Big thank you to the fan of the week, Matt Holiday. If you haven't left a review yet, you can head over to the podcast app right now. It takes two seconds. Click on the star you want to leave for the review. We've got over 3,000-plus five-star reviews. So, so thank you to everyone who has left one already. And... As Ralph Waldo Emerson said, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you into something else is the greatest accomplishment. Again, you are a unique individual in the world. No one is like you. No one has your makeup. No one has your abilities. You are different. You are special. 
you are unique. And it's important to understand your own psychology, what makes you tick, what makes you unique in that way, so that you can learn to connect with other people and pursue the life of your dreams. I hope you enjoyed this one. I love you so very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 